Welcome back, Kittitas Valley Sports fans. We got episode five of your Kittitas Valley Sports podcast. I am Eric Sorensen, joined as always, John Gudat and Luke Olson. Howdy, fellas. How's it going? Great to be back. I'm always like, after a couple of days of not doing a podcast, I'm always like itching to get back in because we always have so much to talk about and stuff. So thrilled to be back in the big country studios. Big country studios. Lights right. are still on. We're good. How was a, you know, it was a fun homecoming weekend for the Central Washington Wildcats. We'll get more into the football game and the absolute annihilation of Azusa Pacific. But how was your guys' homecoming weekend? It was good. I, you know, I honestly didn't expect them to put a whooping on Azusa Pacific like that. But uh, yeah, it was a, obviously we can see what Christian Moore can do. And, you know, the defense had a big turnaround as well. But yeah. You know, beyond the game, I was just happy that I, I really wanted between five and 6,000 people there. And I saw that there was like 5,800 people there and it was packed. So I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Uh, country, you were saying, you know, the alumni tent was absolutely packed. The stands were packed where, where I was. And, and uh, so anytime there's 5,000 plus at Tomlinson, I'm, I'm happy. So that was really cool. It was a lot of fun walking in there and seeing, you know, I got there a little bit late, but there were so many people. It was so fun. It was like, you know, people are starting to come back and alumni are coming back. And you can see that there's a good future with Wildcat football and, and for the alumni coming every day, too. I tell you what, I and I know that they're going to have an afternoon game. Their last home game is always an afternoon game because it's so cold and everything like that. But I'm thrilled with the 6 o'clock starts. Uh, I hope they keep that. Um, and it, it's just it just adds another element to the atmosphere. So, yeah. You were probably in the booth, though. I got yeah, cold I by the end. <laughs> You guys got to enjoy the game. I was working. Well, I enjoyed it, but whatever, yeah, it whatever. It's a fun yeah. game to cover. I yeah. see them yeah. like pumping up food uh, <laughs> yeah. during the games, and I know there's drinks up there, and I know it's heated and stuff like that. So, I, my heart does not go out to you no. for working. No, no, I, I really enjoy covering those games. Yeah, they're fun. It's good atmosphere. Awesome. But what'd you guys think of the game overall? Oh, it was good. It was fun. You know, I, it was nice to see Central just kind of take care, take charge of things, and go get somebody. Just yeah. dominance yeah. Uh, back and forth or on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, no disrespect to Racanelli, but uh, I mean, Christian Moore clearly, in my opinion, established himself as as the uh, the signal caller. Um, and uh, unless, you know, something happens. But uh, um, I was just it was just such a complete game. So we'll talk about it a little bit more. But I think that, you know, if we have that kind of a swagger or that kind of a momentum, um, I, I don't think Western Oregon has a chance, even though we're on the road. So, Absolutely. Well, we need to give a shout out. I know that it's, this is a close one to both John and I, because I spent the last year recovering from a shoulder surgery from just all the years of playing baseball and, and getting healed up. And John currently is seeing them at the moment, but a big shout out to Canyon View Physical Therapy. Uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the head baseball coach out at Kittitas, and throughout the year of my recovery, we talked more and more about shoulder and arm care for the high school kids, and they came up with a cool idea, and, and they made a poster for us that we're going to put up in our weight room out at Kittitas, and I'll make a board and have it in our bullpen at the baseball field of all the shoulder exercises and, and stuff to maintain arm health because, you know, in young athletes, health is good, and especially, on, you know, it's not a natural motion thrown overhead. And I thought it was really cool that they took their time and completely donated this to our program and in favor of, of local high school kids. And I also think it's cool that, uh, you know, you talk about your uh, shoulder surgery was from 
just repetition of playing baseball year and year after year. Mine wasn't as manly as that. Mine includes uh, home improvements, a ladder, and uh, missing steps. So that's why I'm getting my right shoulder worked on uh, two days a week. But uh, they've been great for me as well. No, I, and I hope they know that Kitas High School Athletics, especially the spring sports, truly appreciate what they've done for us. Well, Valley Sports Talk fans, we are back with the guests this week. Everybody in the Valley mostly knows Desi. He's the Central Washington head baseball coach. Desi Story, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, I got to play for Desi, not just at Central, but you're my Little League coach a couple yep. times. Yep. Yep. And uh, that's, that's kind of a fun, it was fun to end my career there with him at Central. Um, so for the people that don't know, how long have you been at Central? Um, I believe this is going to be my 29th year as the head coach, um, roughly five years as an assistant coach. So I'm well over 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, with We're, my playing years, maybe on that. <laughs> heck yeah. So you played for Frederick, didn't you? No, actually I played one year for Lee Day. Oh. And then, um, one year for, uh, Mike Dunbar. Okay. So. And you're the head coach for a local high school for one year too. That's right. Coyotes. That's right. Made it to the uh, uh, regional regional finals against uh, the South. Yeah. Guys had a good year. I think we can all we just sneak that in there. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we'll have, we have to. <laughs> and if we got to sneak in, we probably all hate the sales for all the same That's reasons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hate the strong word, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so your path, so your path to Central's there. Uh, you've been coaching for quite a while. How how's the fall going this year? How's this year's Wildcat baseball team looking? Um, you know, I, I, I think we're better. Obviously, injuries hit us last year, and that didn't help the situation. But, uh, you know, we, we struggled a little bit offensively last year. And then down the stretch, um, you know, some of our pitchers ran out of gas, which hurt us. Obviously, we didn't have a great season. We still had an opportunity to get into the playoffs going into that last weekend. Um, but two of my starting pitchers were, were on the shelf for the last two weeks. And, you know, it just it makes a difference. So, you know, this year – it's early, obviously, but the falls started off well. Guys are healthy. Um, so on the pitching side, we've been pretty strong. We've had good outings. And uh, on the hitting side, uh, with McGrath being healed up, uh, we're better offensively there. And uh, we got some new guys that can swing it. So, um, you know, a little more continuity in the offense. One thing, Coach, that I wanted to ask about is, uh, you know, obviously it's getting cold now, so fall ball. But um, when you have seasons like last year, you talk about like players and everything like that, but the weather wasn't cooperating with you last spring either. So, I mean, do you find yourself as uh, as a coach, you have to be a weatherman or do you have to adapt the schedule quite a bit when you're talking about uh, March and April games? Yeah, John, it's obviously Northwest baseball is – there can be a struggle in the spring. You know, it's, I always tell everybody we're playing a, we're playing a summertime game realistically in the winter because we start at the end of January, um, first part of February playing. And you know, it, it's, I always tell our guys that, that can't be an excuse, but at the same time, you know, we're overcoming a lot of weather challenges that um, a lot of the nation doesn't have to deal with. And, and, you know, like you said, last year was a good example with all the late snow. Uh, we had to move two home series to the West side. So we played in Woodenville one weekend and then uh, at Bellevue community college one weekend. So realistically, uh, if you 
count those as road games, which technically they end up being, even though you're the home team. Uh, we only had three home series all last year, and that makes it tough. You know, it's yeah, you like to think as a coach, your guys are tough enough to get through it and whatnot. You know, that may have pay, played uh, a role in some of the injuries, obviously, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can overcome that. Hopefully we have a milder spring this year and it, it becomes less of an issue, but it, it is, it's always Northwest baseball. It's rough. I wish the, the NC2A would move things back a little bit. I don't see that happening. So, you know, you go on the road early and hopefully go South and get some warm weather and, and hope that when end of February or March rolls around that uh, things start warming up. So at least it's, it's uh decent baseball weather you know we're not going to get 65 or 70 typically early but you just want the guys to be able to play in uh, comfortable weather that's extremely tough i mean last year i think we had arm problems at kid has too for the simple fact that the month of march we couldn't even play long toss yeah you know and and obviously you know playing for us that uh i mean there's years where we practice all week in the field house we don't get on a field we go somewhere on a weekend and play and you turn around and you come back and you go back inside. And, um, you know, so the guys aren't really getting a chance to get on the field during the week. You know, fortunately now we have a, a turf football field. So when they clear that off, that gives us a chance to at least get outside and get ground balls and, and maybe fly balls, but you're still not on your own field practicing. And, you know, we're still limited in what we can do on that field. So it's a challenge some years, you know, the one year I think we went eight weeks, um, we'd go play on a weekend, come home, practice during the week. And, you know, so you're almost two months inside and you're trying to play a season. So got to adapt. Coach, I'm the king of overthinking things, but I can do that because I'm not a coach. (laughs) So you talk about, I know you practice in the field house and and practicing on the, on the turf at times might help, but I guess the biggest thing, uh, you know, I played baseball a few years. Uh, You guys know it better than I do, but the ball rolls and bounces on turf and field house hard surfaces way different than, you know, outfield grass or, or right. infield dirt. I mean, do you worry about the guys uh, developing bad habits uh, just in terms of playing the ball? That's never going to be played like that in, in a real game like situation. Oh yeah. You know, and that's part of it. We, uh, you get comfortable taking ground balls. You know, I call it carpet <laughs> off the turf because there's, there's no bad hops. And so, you know, guys can get a little bit lazy and, and then you get outside and you're on a natural surface and, you know, the, the infield grass is maybe slower than the dirt and you have to make adjustments defensively, uh, how you field, uh, even the outfielders, you know, our outfield isn't typically the smoothest outfield in the year, in the conference until later in the year when we get a chance to roll it. So you know, the guys have to be able to adjust to those hops and, um, you know, that's, that's all part of it. But I mean, even, even the, the aspect of taking fly balls on your own field is different. Guys get used to that. So there's, it's baseball is a game that you have to be at game speed as much as you can in practice. And so if you're not on a real field, you know, how do you, how do you change and adapt so that you can kind of get something similar? Well, especially in our Valley, because you got to take fly balls in our valley to be able to you used to fly balls when the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour what wind yeah that small <laughs> slight breeze that we get here yeah i can specifically remember practicing the field was clear in like january i think we got to mm-hmm. go out there and it started snowing mm-hmm. i remember desi made us stay out there until softball went in mm-hmm. and we finally convinced him that desi their balls are yellow 
and they can see it in the snow. <laughs> and he said, okay, we can go in. But no, I, I I think that's all part of the fun of being a central wildcat baseball player though, is those experiences of, yeah. it's just the whole, you know. Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I think our guys, you guys develop a pride to, to, you know, being able to, we're proud of our field and, um, not that we want to play in the wind, but we get used to it and we adapt to it. Um, you know, we don't have to play in the rain typically, so that's always a plus, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of pride for guys that get, um, to put the Jersey on and play and be cats. Are you guys doing your fall ball world series yet? End of the month. Sweet. So we're going to, if the weather holds, we're going to try to get five games in. So for those of you who don't know, colleges traditionally in the fall always play a five game world series or a seven game world series. And I'll tell you what, it is intense. I remember times of walking down the hallways at school facing the dude that was going to pitch that night against us on the same, you know, and we had a lot of rivalries going even in school. And, and but you know, as soon as the series was over, we're back to one team, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of trash talking going on. <laughs> Brings out the competitive juices. Absolutely. So with that win, I mean, are you guys the toughest place to play in the conference? <laughs> Biggest home field. Advantage? You know, um, obviously we get used to it. I think it's harder for, for West side teams and teams in the South used to come up here and play and they're not used to that wind. Um, you know, in conference, we, we get wind at Billings. We get wind at uh, NNU at times. So there's other places that we've got to deal with it a little bit. Um, and they get used to it. I think uh, a country can attest to the, the Billings wind. Um, that might have been his favorite place to hit in his senior year. <laughs> every Both years I hit home runs. And I know. I love that field. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and it's but it is. It's for whatever reason – Ellensburg has this reputation of being the windy city. And uh, so I think that sets a little bit in, in everybody's mind when they come here. Yeah. Well, Western Oregon better not be complaining because they wouldn't have won the first round playoff game against you guys. If it wasn't for the win that day. No, you're right. That they ball, as soon not. as it was hit, I looked at my dad and I said some words I can't say on here. Yeah. <laughs> so you are lucky Western Oregon that day. Yeah. So I guess another big question for you, are you healed up from the alumni game this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still a little bit sore. I, I think it was a smart decision on my part not to pitch this weekend <laughs> and uh, only got a couple of bats. So I didn't run around the field and get too sore. Um, you know, what's your my favorite mind part? thinks I'm a lot younger than my body. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I got to temper, temper that a little bit. What's your favorite part of the alumni weekend? You know, it's, one, it's great to see guys come back. And you know, some of the guys played a lot. And some of the guys didn't. Um, but just to hang out and, um, you know, the different years, the different eras, and and, and they're all one team. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. It's, uh, it's always a double-edged sword for me because um, it's fun hanging out with the alumni. I'm alumni, obviously, played here. And... Um, I want the guys to have a good time and I get, and I get a chance to see guys that I haven't seen in a while. Um, but at the same time, uh, those are my guys on the other side too. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's important for them to one, understand the tradition of central baseball, but two, you know, they need to go out and play the game. And because, uh, you know, it's right out there visible for all the alumni to see, you know, are we any good or are we not? And so, um, so it was it was it was good on both ends. You know, I thought we played well. 
um, as a team. I thought the alumni guys did a good job. <laughs> um, you know, and some of the old guys can still play. So, Absolutely. you know, that's a challenge. That leads me right into my question, Coach, because you said, <laughs> I thought, I think you said uh, the alumni guys played well, and then he cracked a smile. Let the record show that he cracked a mm-hmm. smile. <laughs> so uh, how many of those guys are in playoff shape, Coach? <laughs> maybe a, t- a two or three maybe, of the younger <laughs> ones. You know, I think Heinveter and Stone and Kyle Stahl, obviously, was no worse for wear. But, you know, they've only been out of it a couple of years. So well, let's be honest. Scott yeah. Stone will be a Fruit Loom underwear model probably someday. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this guy's 6'5". He's, he's a dude. Absolutely. And, yeah. So uh, One guy in particular, um, Ryan Hastings, I believe he's got a uh, – would you say a, 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 a he took a year at, off streak? Of he's got a history going, and since right. the alumni game started back up sure. again, sure. and then, I don't know how he did it, but he's hit a few home runs. He was a pitcher, Des. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got to listen to you guys all the time. So yeah. <laughs> Hastings always reminds me that I probably should let him hit. So, <laughs> but if that was the case, then he would have been playing first. So Sorensen would have been just a pitcher. Right. So that would have taken no that out of your that. hand. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Ryan's run a couple out of the yards. He's yeah. had some good outings as an alumni. <laughs> well, I think it's a great tradition. How long have you guys been doing the the game? It's probably been five years since it started back up. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do it every year, and, and uh, we had a terrible accident um, after the event one year, and, and one of our guys got hurt downtown. And um, so we shut it down. Um, you know, it was just a prudent thing to do at the time. And um, fortunately, Eric and um, Scott Parrish and a bunch of guys, you know, we decided that uh, guys wanted to play still. And so we started it back up and uh, obviously it's grown. Um, and I think the one year they were, we had about eight alumni and <laughs> had to fill in with a couple of red shirts <laughs> and played in the rain. But, uh, yes. you know, it was nice to see. I think we had probably close to 30 guys out this last weekend. So mm-hmm. that was fun. So is it been now that it's back in place for the last handful of years, is it one of those things where guys can expect and it's easy to recruit for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We plan on doing it every year. And, and uh, I think we've done a good job of tying it in with homecoming weekend mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, we can, we can have our get together. We can, we can play. We can, the, the cool thing now is with the, what they're doing around the stadium. Uh, we've got an area where we can stay and tailgate um, up to football kickoff time. And, you know, those that want to go watch the football game can go. And, and obviously we, we still have our get-togethers downtown later on, and, and I think it just ties everything together really well. So lead into that, baseball field is finally getting some love. It's yes. been a while. Tell us about the new updates at the baseball field. Uh, well, um, obviously, um, there was it was set up under different priorities over the last couple of years. You know, initially they were talking about turf for us and softball and um, after football and that, and um, what came about was – um, mostly through Dennis's efforts was that, uh, we needed a new backstop, which was, uh, I think more than true. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so we worked on that. Dennis worked on that and we actually had everything in place two years ago to get the new backstop put up and, um, things kind of fell through, um, with facilities at the time. And obviously in the interim costs went up and, um, things became, we weren't sure we were going to get it. And um, eventually Dennis, um, in conjunction with the president, of, uh, Dr. Gardino, obviously, they came up with the funding to do, um, basically it's a three-phase project 
involving our backstop, uh, the huge safety net between us and softball. And then uh, they put up the two safety nets behind the goalposts um, on the new yeah. football stadium. So um, about a half million dollar project for all three, but uh, um, ours has kind of expanded and grown, which is awesome. Um, Dennis and the president have come up with extra money. So it, it was not just the backstop. Um, they got the backstops going up. Um, they came in and I think it was sixty-five dollars or $70,000 worth of concrete. So we poured that whole area um, behind for the new bleachers. Um, there's talk. I'm, I'm not sure where, where we're sitting with it, but there's talk now of just going ahead and getting the bleachers, the big bleachers, and finishing that whole project off. But it's going to be awesome. So it's the new backstop, the new concrete area, all brand new black padding with our logos, um, uh, new bullpen fencing, new new fence cap and obviously the safety net between us and softball so it's, it's going to look really cool I'm sure the softball players will appreciate that because i know during batting practice they're kind of heads up over there yeah yeah you know <laughs> and like dennis said it was we've dodged a bullet for years because we can deal with the softballs coming over on a foul ball you know these big yellow things they may hurt a little bit but they're not gonna do a lot of damage but when a baseball flies out of the baseball field into that softball field, it's a missile coming in. You know, everybody knows how hard a, a mm -hmm. baseball is. And, and there's been some times, I think if, if one of those balls would have hit somebody, there could have been um, some serious injury. So we got lucky there. And fortunately that was part of the issue with getting this done. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break real quick. And then we're going to come back with a new segment that I think everybody's going to enjoy. Kittitas Valley Sports Talk would like to take a moment and ask that you check out our Facebook and Twitter page at Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. Also check out our podcasts on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, along with the Anchor app. Just search for Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. So we're back with a new segment that we're going to call on our show, Would You Rather? I heard it the other day. Well, it's, it's not their segment. I heard them talking about it on 710 ESPN Radio. You know, I'm a farmer. I spend a lot of time in the tractor this time of the year. I need to kill time, and you can only listen to the radio so much. So you pull out Sports Talk Radio, and the discussion they were having, it was following a playoff baseball game where one of them, the team scored nine, ten runs in the first inning. Obviously, game was over, first inning. This other game that night went to the last, to the wire, team won at the very end. So would you rather have your team, not just baseball, but the first quarter in a championship game, Super Bowl, Basketball championship, baseball World Series, game seven. Would you rather your team lose knowing they're going to lose in the first quarter, first inning? So you have three quarters or eight innings to accept it. Or would you rather see your team lose on a walk? I mean, obviously, we want to see them all win, but would your team <laughs> lose on a walk off at the last second heartbreaker? Uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of like uh, would I rather drown or be shot? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I think it's really hard, uh, in a, especially in a playoff situation, to get down big early and and come back. Uh, you know, it, it just drains the life out of you. That happened to us in, in 2013 um, in the championship against Western Oregon down there after we shut them out the day before. We got down early and we made mistakes. And, you know, the guys really, they tried, but it, it's – the energy's gone, and uh, so it's really tough 
you, you kind of suffer through it, you know, and you hope for, you know, the big hit that all of a sudden turns things around or whatever. And if you don't get that, you, you just, you're done, you know, you, you just muddle through nine innings and go. And so that's really tough, you know, but like you said, you know, I've been on the other end too, you know, here at home two years ago, you know, we're in a tie game. Seth Peterson's pitching a great game. He's got two outs. Um, you know, we got to get out of the inning, get a chance to go score it on our own field. And, and, you know, guy gets a two strike curveball up in the air, in the air and it blows out and they walk off. Um, so that's, that's probably more crushing at the moment, but I think probably realistically for me as a competitor, I'd rather, I'd rather have it close at the end, you know, and, and what happens happens because it's, in all sports, you know, and look at the Seahawks and the games they win. If you, I think, you know, you work hard and you keep the guys competing and hopefully at the end of something, you do something good to win it as opposed. But, you know, those those ones where you get blown out early and everything fell apart, you're just kind of going, wow, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So I guess if I had to take my brothers, I'd rather I'd rather lose it on a walk off at the end. Right. Yeah, I, it seems like for me. I would just be more mad if we get into a hole early on. Um, and so you kind of like defeat yourself uh, in the times that I've been um, either in the, either as a fan or, or, or as a player, you just get mad when you know that you had this almost impossible hole to dig out of on the flip side though, it will ruin the, at least short-term situation of your life. If you lose in a walk-off situation mm-hmm. or, you know, it was like one pitch or one right. shot or, you know, one pass, whatever sport you want that, you know, defines the the game. Obviously it's more than one run, one pitch, one, one pass or one touchdown that defines a game, but those are the ones that stick with you. So, but I, I like that term coach. I'm going to steal it. Would you rather, Die by drowning or die by getting <laughs> shot. shot <laughs> I guess Luke's situation, it could be, are you going to go triple bogey in the first oh, yeah. hole? Or? Um, yeah, that's true. You know, I, when thinking about this one, you know, uh, it's kind of like the Seahawks game, you know, when they, in the Super Bowl and they lost, you mm-hmm. know, in the last play, it's like, uh, you know, it's, you, you kind of could feel good about your team. You know, you felt good that your team competed all the way. Yeah, I mean, instead of, you know, getting kind of like the Broncos, you know, the year before them, them, just them getting blown out. I mean, that, that would suck for them to have to just play through that whole game and they're down multiple scores. So, but yeah, I, I'd rather take a triple bogey in the last hole. I know, I know it hurt a lot. It seems like it hurt a lot more, but you could at least feel good about yourself for those 17 holes. (laughs) Absolutely. If I say I'd rather be blown out in the first inning, then all the kids I coach at Kittitas are going to call me a hypocrite <laughs> because the simple fact of I've always preached to them that, you know, it's better to be fully invested in something and give it your all and lose than not care at all and, and lose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it's being a Northwest fan. We've lucky, luckily lately with the Seahawks have been competitive, but for me, and this is also something I take very serious. If anybody calls me a bandwagon fan, I've almost gotten in fights over that because I root for the Seattle Mariners and the Washington State Cougars. And so <laughs> I've been through plenty of blowouts and those suck. It's just why it's just not it's not fun for anybody. It's like, why are we even here? Why is this is this team even competing? But then the games we're in and we're in it's a close one to the end. You're on the edge of your seat. You know, at least you're invested those three hours of watching to be uh, I 
I've always been one that I'd rather have heartbreak being in a situation than not at all. Yeah. Because the heartbreak proves that you were, you cared, you, you were in that situation. Mm-hmm. You deserved to be there. And right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we all want to win. We go, let's just win those games instead and not worry about it. We'll <laughs> blow everybody out and be on the, the Seahawks Super Bowl side of things. So. That's right. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that segment. If you have any ideas, please let us know of something that we would, would you rather topics and we'll be into the scoreboard here soon. Well, let's get into the local scoreboard. Hopefully someday. Hey, if anybody wants to sponsor the local scoreboard brought to you by Nate, put name here, let us know. We're always welcome to, to know local businesses, businesses that support the local kids. Uh, let's run through these first kid attacks volleyball beat Cleveland Roslyn three sets to one. And then they beat Liberty Christian three games to zero. Uh, they take on Madden High School tonight at KHS, and then they host a 1A Royal City this Saturday at Kittitas. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how they do against Royal. Step up. Uh, we seem to be getting into a groove, and uh, no disrespect to the Warriors or Cleveland Roslyn, but good to see them uh, getting a 1A victory as well. And I've heard rumors through the Kittitas Diamond Club, booster club for Kittitas baseball and softball, that Pumpkins will be on the sidewalk during that game Saturday. Interesting. Good from to know the that. School. Uh, Cleon volleyball, like we just said, they they lost a kid attack, the cross county rival, and then they lost a golden Dale last Saturday, three games none. They host Highland tonight at 6 30. And Ellensburg volleyball, uh, you guys could probably talk a little bit better than this. I looked at their schedule, a whole mess of games this weekend. It looked like the Burlington Edison invite, they had a good weekend going four, two, and one. Yeah, yeah, they uh, I think they believe, yeah, they placed third Yeah, a lot of games, so a lot of those girls. Tallied a lot of stats, but uh, yeah, they're off to a pretty good start. And I think they, I'm pretty sure they played some bigger schools in that tournament as well. Yeah. One thing I like about those invites, so especially the West Side invites, is new teams, mm-hmm. new leagues, uh, and get to see unfamiliar faces. That probably, I don't want to say the, the season is a grind or monotony of a season, but it's always fun to see a, a different logo you're competing against. So I'm, they got plenty of that against the, uh, in that invite there in Burlington Edison. I think it brings a new excitement to your team. I know it does when we play new guys out in the baseball field. That's awesome. Uh, Cleelum Soccer had another big victory this last week, beating Goldendale 8-1. to one. Uh, The Graces had another great day. Terrell had five goals. Jackson had a two along with two assists. And the Warriors soccer team improved to 8-3, and 6-2 and two in league. And then Ellensburg Soccer hosted Quincy Saturday, won four to nothing, improved nine and one, four and one in conference, and they are in afraid of tonight, six p.m. start. And we have some information on Clay Allen High School football this year or this game this week. I apologize. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to Highland twenty-seven to six. Cameron Sattler rushed for seventy yards on thirteen carries, finished up seven for seventeen for ninety yards passing, and he also had an interception playing his natural position as safety. That's good. I mean, it, it wasn't the the win like we were hoping, uh, but man, Cameron had a heck of a game on both sides of the ball. So hopefully that's momentum. They can get uh, into Granger when we pick those games here in a little bit. We'll talk about that. But, um, you know, you, you try to find the silver lining in, in every game, win or loss, and, and that definitely is the silver lining. Uh, let's move on to Kittitas. They had a very tough team come to town. Asotin, I believe they're number six team in the state. I might be wrong there, but I know they're in the top ten. Um, I got to watch it from the parking lot with the Pumpkins. I was watching over, right. seeing the Booster Club do their thing. Um, it was the highest scoring game yet this season for the Coyotes, adding 12 uh, points. Josh Rossback got put into 
uh, quarterback after unfortunately Blake Catlin got hurt. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, he rumbled through many tacklers for 63 yards to the Soton two-yard line, setting up a scoring strike shortly after when Ross Beck hit Kyler Federwisk. Did I say that right? Federwish. Wish for the touchdown. Uh, soon after, a Soton fumbled its possession into the hands of Kittitas' defense. Seconds later, Tucker Newcomb ran 17 yards to the end zone for another Coyote score. You know, Ross Beck, I can still see that uh, play developing in my head, that 63-yarder. Um you say many would-be tacklers. No joke. It had to be at least seven tacklers that he shedded those tacklers like water off a duck's butt. I can <laughs> tell you that. So uh, 63 yards is great. Uh, would have liked to have seen it be uh, 65 yards, but it showed a little bit of life. 65 yards would have gotten the touchdown, but he got us into deep into the red zone, so my hats are off to that, uh, to Ross back. And you know, the silver lining there was we didn't give up. So we scored 12 points late in the game. Unfortunately, the game was pretty much decided by then. But uh, you talk about Dayton Wade, or pardon me, a Soton being sixth in the in the state. We played the number two team, Tri-Cities Prep. We tra- played the number four team, Columbia Burbank. And now we played the number six team, a Soton. So Kittitas has a heck of a schedule this year. And uh, looking forward to seeing what they'll do at uh, Dayton Wadesburg. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ellensburg had an unfortunate loss Friday at Prosser. They lost 21 to 6. Uh, they trailed 14 0 at the half, but kept the deficit to 8 when Henry Reinhardt's three yard touchdown in the third quarter. Prosser scored with three minutes and nine seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, and the Bulldogs' late rally was ended after a sack on fourth down with a minute 24 left. Ellensburg drops to 2 and 4, but remained 2 and 0 oh in the Seawack North. Prosser improves to 4 and 2. What do you uh, think about that game, Luke? I was kind of surprised. Uh, obviously, I think Prosser is a pretty good team. You know, even it sounds like they got a pretty good quarterback. Um, it's a tough road game. Prosser is obviously they're you know they're leading there the Seawax South, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's Ellensburg just needs to get it. You know, the offense kind of rolling. You know, they need some kind of big playmakers right now. But uh, hopefully, they can get a win for Sotelo. Going to be a tough game Friday night. Othello's only losses are to Royal City and West Valley Spokane. So it'll be a fun game to watch, I believe, if uh, you're making the trip to Othello. Fun game to watch, and it's not too difficult of a trip. You know, just straight shot on 990 and then take Highway 26 for a little bit. And uh, so it should be well worth the trip. Let's roll a little bit of Central Washington Athletics. We'll cover briefly the Central Volleyball team lost to NNU 3-2 last week, but then they bounced back with a win 3-0 over MSUB. For those of you that know, it's Montana State University Billings. This Thursday, they play Western Oregon at home. And Saturday, Concordia at home. Both games starting at 7 p.m. I'm just going to say this right now. That should be uh, the Western Oregon and Concordia. It wouldn't surprise me to see sweeps on both of those. Um, and uh, and they dominated Billings last weekend. So um, good way to bounce back from that loss uh, to Northwest Nazarene. Uh, Central Women's Soccer, they tied at Concordia this last week. Uh, I, I keep I look that up. I keep forgetting the soccer teams can tie. But they get points system, isn't it, for how the rankings go from there? You can tie. It doesn't mean you got to like it. Absolutely. I guess a tie is better than a loss, but neither one of those is a win. Absolutely. Uh, this week they host Simon Fraser Thursday at 3 and then host SPU Saturday at 4 p.m. All right. Central football, big win. Took it to Azusa Pacific 44-6. I know one highlight, John, I believe you talked about in this episode already. Uh, attendance was 5,849. Uh, what a great turnout. 
great turnout. Uh, you know, it was chilly, cool weather, but it wasn't bad. So great weather. So proves that uh, the big man upstairs, God loves Tomlinson Stadium, loves football weather. Um, what a game. I mean, what a dominating effort, both sides of the ball. Um, Azusa really didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah. Chris Moore looked really, you know, he looked really good, you know, under center. Um, was given a lot of man coverage, and he, you know, he capitalized, you know, a lot with uh, his roommate, Tyson Rainwater. Um, that's back-to-back 100-yard performances for uh, Rainwater. And I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find the last time a receiver for Central had back-to-back 100-yard uh, games. Um, Jesse Zalk was, I think he he could have been one of those guys a couple years ago. One game he actually had 300 yards. I don't know if you guys remember that, but yeah, uh, yeah. in 2016. But mm-hmm. no, they they uh, that was a good win for the Wildcats, and now they have a, you know, they've had a tough schedule. But this is, you know, obviously I think it's going to be the biggest game going the rest of the way. You know, if they want a chance at winning the GNAC. You know, one thing that I'd like to, to highlight. I mean, obviously the the aerial attack was incredible. You know, thrown for over 400 yards. Um, Michael Roots, I love his Twitter handle, by the way, race car roots. And that's exactly what he is. I mean, he is, has established himself as, um, obviously one of the best running backs, uh, if not the best running back in the GNAC. And you could even make a good argument for, for, um, for the entire division too. So yeah, he mentioned top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just an incredible, um, I mean, what an asset for us. And so, um, but on both uh, both the air and the ground, we were we were clicking. So what a what a game! Well, he opens it up for a quarterback because I mean he feel like he's a running back that the defensive coordinators have to have an extra meeting yeah. to game plan against a guy like that. Yeah. And look what he he opened up the passing game for. I mean, Rainwater with 177 yards on 10 catches and three touchdown passes, and and he just makes the offense better as a whole. Uh, if you do want to watch this game down at Western Oregon, it's a 105 kickoff. You can go to the central website. There's a, a watch button on there. If you yep. have Roku, which I found out last spring during baseball season, there is a GNAC channel on the Roku. You know, I am, uh, when it comes to technology, I'm still kind of hovering in the 1997 phase. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't have dial up, but I'm pretty close to it. So, uh, the Roku, I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to have to come over to your house Absolutely. And, and watch it. Watch party. Well, uh, you know, earlier in this year, Central did lose to Western Oregon at home by a 36 to 26. But like I said, I'll say later too, this game does come down to who's probably going to win the GNAC. I think if Central can knock them off, there's it kind of opens things up. If Western Oregon wins, I believe they kind of, they lock up the, they they will lock up their GNAC title this week. So it'll be a fun game. Hopefully Central goes down there and takes care of some business and they come back with a win. You know, the biggest thing that, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, when they played them first, um, Western Oregon, they used to never have any rushing yards. They would, you know, a good game for Western Oregon rushing wise was 50 yards, and then they put 300 in the air. Uh, that's definitely not the case this year. I mean, they got four guys, or pardon me, three guys who uh, are over 400 yards a piece, uh, including their quarterback. So their quarterback, uh, I mean, obviously they still pass the ball, but it's just really interesting to see how Coach Arn Ferguson has like adapted their playbook to the talent they have on, on the field. And so, um, man, if we can, 
you know, you don't think you can stop all three, but if you can at least tap the brakes and slow them down, um, I think that's what that that's what will put us into the driver's seat in terms of getting the W. Yeah. They yeah, they they netted three hundred and twenty yards that first matchup. So I think uh you know that's twice that Central's given up more than three hundred yards rushing. So I mean that's a big thing. If they can stop the run, I think I think Central can get a dub. Well, that wraps up our scoreboard part of the podcast. We are gonna take a brief second. We're gonna roll into our picks for the week. Guys, we have a new leader on the guest picks. Tony Graham had a heck of a week last week. Did he pick against UW? His alma mater, too? Uh, he picked UW. Did he, he pick did. UW? He did pick oh, UW. That's why he did he pretty did well. Pretty well. <laughs> uh, so that'll be a fun segment. Coach Story is going to be the next guest picker for us. And we'll be back in just one moment. Well, sports fans, we are back. Um, this is the weekly picks where we pick the, the local games and some uh, games of national significance at uh, multiple levels. Uh, sometimes it's uh, a prideful moment. Lately, it hasn't been in terms of uh, how good or how poor we are at picking these games. Uh, just to remind everybody, last week, um, looks like uh, both Luke and I, uh, we went 5-3 and three on the week. Not bad. Winning record. I'll take it. Um, country, uh, you were also 5-3, and three, <laughs> but that was flip-flopped. Uh, five losses, three wins. Rough but as it, it was a rough week, um, but as awesome as I think Luke and I did, uh, we've got to tip our hat to Tony Graham, Coach Graham, uh, who was our guest last week. He went six and two, uh, which further proves that uh, our guest pickers are better than us uh, sports fans here that are man in the podcast. That's why we brought him in, isn't it? Someone's got to win. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go over the overall records. Uh, uh, Country and I are at 16 wins, 17 losses uh, for the season. Luke is uh, leading the charge with 18 wins and and uh, 15 losses. And our guest picker, which we started a little bit uh, a week later, um, a week later. So they uh, the guests combined, and that's Coach Graham, that's Jonathan Gordon, and Nate Phillips. They have combined to go 15 and eight on the season. So uh, we've got plenty more weeks to uh, to make up for that, to get into one, to get into a, you know, above 500 for our picks <laughs> when uh, talking about you and me country. So, Absolutely. so let's go over this week's picks. As always, we, uh, we pick the, uh, the three high schoolers. We're going to start uh, at the two a level Ellensburg. They travel to Othello, uh, want to remind everybody Ellensburg is two and four in the season. Uh, Othello is four and two. They're actually on a three game win streak. Uh, the game is at Othello. So guys, who are you picking on this one? It's going to be a tough game for Ellensburg. Um, but it is, it's a really big game because they're both, uh, both Othello and Ellensburg are both the top teams in uh, the CWAC North. Now that's split up, but, uh, you know, on the road, I'm just going to, I'm going to take Ellensburg. Yeah. So there is another local connection with Othello, a Kittitas alumni, Paul Allerslin's assistant coach at Othello. I was quizzing him about it a little bit, and I said, who should I pick? And he says, well, duh, I'm going to pick – he's going to pick Othello. Well, he's the coach. <laughs> I think it's a tough game. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I hope it comes down to a last-minute loss for one of the teams, like we talked about earlier. Uh, hopefully I'm still allowed in Ellensburg, but I'm going to – I got to make some ground up. I'm going Othello. Yeah, I think 
obviously uh, Ellensburg's not having the type of year that they've been used to having in the in the past. Um, a little bit of a rough go this first half. Um, Othello's playing pretty good football from everything I've read. So uh, I think that combined with the fact that Ellensburg's got to go to Othello. Othello's always tough at home in all their sports. So I'm going to go with Othello too. Tough pick. So we got two for Othello. We got one for Ellensburg. I'm going to make it two for Ellensburg. I think uh, I'm still um, I'm going to still put a lot of emphasis on their uh, non-league schedule of uh, scheduling some very, very quality opponents. Um, and so I'm going to say Ellensburg with the win in a very tough place to play. Let's go up to the upper county. Uh, Cleon and Roslyn, uh, they are traveling to Granger. Uh, the Warriors are are taking some hits on the chin this year. They're 0-6 on the season. Granger, though, they, they are 1-5, and, and they just went through a juggernaut of LaSalle and Zilla, and those two are the top two teams, not only in the SCAC, but quite frankly, probably two of the top teams in, in the entire state. Um, so, Cleelum on the road to the Spartans. Luke, who you got? I thought Cleelum would get it done. Possibly last, you know, last weekend with uh, Highland, you know, both were undefeated or, yeah, haven't won. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Granger this week. I'm with you. I'm going with Granger as well. Hope you win, Cleveland, but it'll be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. Cleveland's having a tough year. Um, uh, not that Granger's necessarily that much better, but, uh, you know, they're at home. I think they've, they've played some better games. Um I think Cleelum's just going to have a rough year. So I'm going to go with Granger also. Cleelum, prove us wrong. We're all four, four of us are picking Granger. I hate to do it, but I would love to be wrong. So Warriors, prove us wrong. Let's uh, finish up with the high school ranks. Uh, K-Town, Kittitas, they are on the road to D-Dub, Dayton-Waitsburg. Um, Kittitas uh, is 0-5 on the season. Dayton-Waitsburg is 0-6. Um, they have really fallen off the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, so that is not the easiest road trip. I believe that's, what, about three hours or so, give or take. Oh, at least. Um, you had just past the Tri-Cities and turn left, and then go for a while. And then go, yeah, go for a while. Luckily, it's at Waitsburg, which I believe is it's a little closer. bit closer to us. It is. Nice field. So Hopefully that, they have that, cuts off, that cuts 30 minutes off of a four-hour trip. That's yeah. A, yeah. So, uh, guys, where are we, where are we going on this one? Go Yotes. Yeah, the baby, finally. It's <laughs> probably the reason they've been losing. Luke's been picking against them. Um, hey, I think Dayton actually has locker rooms now. We used to have to do halftime on the bus at Waitsburg, which is, if you've ever done that, don't. It sucks. But uh, I hope the Kid has boys are listening, knowing that, that I'm not just picking you because I'm your coach, but I believe that you guys have had a rough go so far. But know that you're only as good as the future and the now. And this is a winnable game for you guys. And go take care of business. Play hard. Give them everything you got. Kid attached to win. Yeah, I got to agree with you guys. Uh, it's uh, I think it's a good weekend for the Oats to step up and get get one in the, in the right column. So even though they've got to travel and whatnot, uh, obviously a little bit of sentimental favorite having coached there, knowing that you, you and Hastings and the guys coach there, so I think the Yotes are going to step up and get her done. Go Yotes is my pick. <laughs> oh, babe. <laughs> Let's move up to the college ranks. Central coming off in a dominating victory against Azusa Pacific in front of a great homecoming crowd. Central is two and four in the season. They travel uh, 
to Western Oregon, who is four and two. Uh, Western Oregon is on a four-game winning streak, which includes uh, beating Central at home, thirty-six to twenty-six, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we got the Wildcats on the road to the Wolves. Where are you going? I think this is the toughest game to pick, but uh, you know it's going to be close. But I'm going to have to go with Western Oregon. I think they're they're the top GNAC team right now, and they're running the ball really well, which is kind of what Central struggled. You know, Central stopped Azusa pretty well, but Western Oregon really pounded the rock, and it's going to be close. But I'm going to go with the Wolves. I know Eric doesn't like that pick. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that this game this week, granted, there's more to happen is a very big determinant on who's going to win the GNAC. I mean, if Central goes and beats them, and both teams win out, which they should because uh, Western Oregon will beat Azusa again. Both of them will annihilate Simon Fraser, and they can be co-GNAC champs and hope maybe Azusa can knock off a Western Oregon. And I think Desi can agree with me. Screw Western Oregon. Uh, you probably can't say that, but I can. I'm an alumni, and we don't <laughs> like them. They're they're not good people. And, uh, you know, you, you, Central's got a tough one. They can't even have a hotel for them in their own town. You have to stay in Salem, like we said before. So Central's going to go down there and take it to the Wolves. Yeah, I think uh, both of you guys have made really good points. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough game. One, obviously, Western's playing pretty good football right now. Um, I think it's a positive how well Central played last weekend on the defensive side. Uh, I think physically and, and talent-wise, it's a good matchup. I, and I think um, we our guys felt that going into the to the game here, and things kind of got away from them. You know, the issue has been that uh, um, the Cats have struggled to stop the run, and um, that hurt them in that game too, as well as a couple of the other games. So um, it was better this last weekend. I, I think physically they match up. Um, I think it's tough to beat somebody twice in a season on the football side. So um, obviously I'm trying to use my head a little bit, but I got my heart in here too. So I'm going to pick the cats. I'm going to say two things here. First thing is when Luke picked the wolves, he got a glare, <laughs> a little bit of a hand hand signal that I'm sure everybody can imagine what uh, hand signal I used. And then uh, bullet point number two, go cats. Yeah, baby. <laughs> So next game, we're staying with Division II football. Uh, we are picking uh, number 20. The 20th-ranked Texas A&M Commerce team is traveling to fourth-ranked Tarleton State. The reason why I picked this is a couple of reasons. One is they're in our super region, um, but also Tarleton State ended Azusa's uh, season last year in the first round of the, of the national playoffs. Uh, and Texas A&M Commerce, I don't even like saying this, <laughs> It's like talking about Voldemort to Harry Potter fans, but Commerce, of course, beat us in 2017 uh, on their way to, you know, winning the national title. So um, that's why I picked this. We've got Commerce at Tarleton. Where are you guys going? Uh, I'm going to go with Tarleton, <clears throat> the number four ranked team, Hostin. So mm -hmm. easy pick for me. Yeah, I, it was a toss up when I first saw it. I didn't know who. I'm going to go Tarleton. For no other reason than I hear they got a good rodeo team down there. <laughs> uh, two good teams. Uh, really good conference down there. But uh, ultimately, Tarleton's a better team. They're they're good. Talk about Tarleton. So Tarleton's the easy pick. Honestly, for some reason, other than I just want to be different, I'm going to go with Commerce. Works. Let's go with the uh, Pac-12. 
Um, we've got 25th ranked UW hosting the 12th ranked Ducks. Uh, UW is five and two on the season. Oregon is five and one. Um, and or the Ducks, of course, are not the Beavers, which is my preferred team of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of Oregon. But uh, Luke, who you got? Let's go Ducks. Oh, yeah. Ducks, <laughs> man. Well, this is like uh, Desi said earlier, would you rather die by a gunshot or drowning? Because I don't like either teams. Uh, so this is strictly an emotional pick. Uh, if you had to rank teams I hated, Oregon's – I hate Oregon. They're, the history, you know, it's not all there. Uh, we need them to lose twice. We need – to be a Washington team representing North, they need to lose twice. And I think the Huskies, hopefully Easton, they had a good game last week. And and it's in Seattle. It's, I hear it's supposed to rain this weekend. So. I think the Ducks are going to have a long waddle back to Eugene. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, like Ducks have been playing good. Dogs have been a little cons- inconsistent in their two losses. But uh, I, from what I've seen, I really like Eason. I think he's, when he's on, he's good. And uh, and I just think the UW secondary is better than what Oregon has. So uh, being at home, Coming and bouncing back and getting a good win last week. I'm going to go with the dogs. I'm going to go with the dogs as well. Um, I don't care for the ducks. Um, <laughs> my hatred for them is not as uh, prevalent as yours, country, but uh, I think UW might have, I think they found the groove a little bit. They're at home. Um, Oregon is very, very good, but I'm going to say UW um, barely. let's keep with washington teams keep with the pac-12 wazoo versus colorado it's in pullman god's country as i like to call it wazoo and uh the buffaloes they're both three and three on the season luke who do you got the cougars been kind of on a rough streak right now uh i'm gonna go with the cougs i think they get a win here this will be a tough one colorado was giving them fits in the past but I will never pick against them. Sometimes it's hard to do it, but go Cougs. Yeah, it's uh, Cougs defense has had a rough time of the last few weeks. Um, they're still putting up points, which I think is huge. They're at home. Uh, I think I heard uh, this is the first time uh, in Mike Leach's career that they lost, that his teams have lost three in a row. Wow. So um, I don't anticipate they're going to go f- four straight losses. Uh, Got to go with the Cougs. You know, I thought uh, Colorado would be like one of the teams this year when they knocked off uh, Nebraska to, I think it was the start of the season, um, which was a really enjoyable game to watch. But, uh, and Wazoo obviously has missed uh, product, uh, projections a little bit with those uh, three losses, including that uh, just debacle against UCLA. Still don't even like talking about it. <laughs> but it's in Pullman. I'm going to agree with you. I, I can't see a Mike Leach team going 0-4 in the last four games. I'm going to say the Cougs. Absolutely. We are going to wrap up our picks uh, with the professionals. Seattle, the Seahawks are 5-1. and one. They are back home to take on Baltimore, who is 4-2. Uh, and two. Uh, You know, Seattle uh, edged out a victory in Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore uh, lost to the Browns. I believe that was in Baltimore. Uh, both teams have boldly, uh, barely beat the Steelers. Um, and Baltimore, we both... Uh, Baltimore and Seattle have both beat Arizona, but uh, I think our game was a little, little bit more convincing. So Seattle hosting the Ravens. Who you got? 
I'm always going to pick with my heart on this one. Mm-hmm. The only time I'm not going to pick the Seahawks is when they're on their bye week. So <laughs> this is a really easy one. Uh, they're playing really well. So Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win. I think Russell Wilson should be the front one, front runner for MVP this year. He's he's having a heck of a year, career year. Yeah. He's had a heck of a few of them. So go Hawks. Yeah, uh, I think Baltimore's a good club. They're playing well, but uh, I think people forget that the the Hawks only losses to New Orleans, who is also extremely good, and um, Hawks are just so tough at home. So Russell Wilson and the Hawks get it done. I see the Hawks winning. Um, I see them winning by at least two scores. And thirdly, during the game, I will see at least four emotional tweets from Luke Olson. (laughs) That's the only time I see emotion (laughs) when his heart is on his sleeve and his heart is on his Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So the the Hawks winning and we're going to the over under on emotional tweets will be four from Luke Olson. (laughs) So that's our picks. We'll be back in a couple of days to see how we do. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to another episode of Kittas Valley Sports Talk. We'd also like to thank our guest, Desi Story, for being here today. And good luck this season and go win that GNAC title. Thanks for having me on, guys. So we'll be back forward next, to it. We'll be back next week.